Welcome to Dark Mode, the podcast that brings you sage advice from two technology experts. And that's not just what we call ourselves, it's what our moms tell people when they try to explain the concept of CCRP. It's very difficult, but that's why we're here. I'm your host, Luke And I'm Mian. your host, Noah Rubin. On this show, we take questions from listeners, attempt to answer them to varying degrees of success, and maybe even have a laugh or two along the way. <laughs> Good one. That's, That's the laugh or two. That was too long. We're done. Well, you could debate it. So, uh, yeah, I suppose it depends on if your definition is two individual laughs or two instances of laughter. Yeah, I. You know, maybe we should take a take a note to 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 be more clear about that. We really should because, I mean, we, we put this all in, in full legally binding verbiage for a reason. Uh, and so it's, it's our job to make sure that we're closing loopholes and, 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 and keeping on top of things. Uh-oh, wait. Speaking of keeping on top of things, Ethan in the chat here says, Remind me again, Luke, what CCRP means. How? Guys, we have been over this. And fortunately, I have... Uh, some visual graphic elements to help you remember oh boy it's bad folks this is if if we're if we're in a college course here you really should know this one because it's going to be on the exam credibility corroboration repetition whoops i hit it again proximity all right credibility corroboration repetition proximity that is your tool set for life Anything in life you can solve with CCRP. That's true. What happens if your car breaks down? How do you solve that? Well, uh, you need to find out if if your car breaks down, then you want to find out what the best mechanic to fix mm-hmm. it would be. So you would want to find out the credentials of the mechanic. You would want to find other people corroborating that this mechanic is is sound. And you would want to see that repeatedly and in a short span of time. Boom. CCRP has saved your, your life. There you go. I found my mechanic and my car is now fixed. Thanks, Luke. Exactly. Thanks, dark mode. Thanks. No, not. don't thank me. Thanks, CCRP. Wow, that's a slogan right there. That's, the, that's my slogan. Wow, amazing. Oh no, people don't like that we have a lower third graphic. Well, guess what? This is what we have to do in order to get the word out there. Oh, people are people are noticing uh that uh that my my lemonade insurance advertisements are quote flooding YouTube. Um this is a totally random tangent, but I just thought that was funny because I believe they just started running those today. And I can actually tell you that they are not, in fact, flooding YouTube because they have been used a total of one two two thousand three hundred and ninety-five times. So if you're if you've seen one, you're one of the lucky few. That's two thousand you're saying two thousand people have been shown an ad with you in it. Right. Well, at least that's what I presume. Uh, the way the way that this all works is sometimes, uh, as a part of a brand deal, 
the the company can pay extra to be able to use uh, your your branded segment as mid rolls for uh, other other videos. So you might be watching a video on someone else's channel, and your like skippable ad is this guy, Luke Miani jump Me. scare. Yeah, exactly. You you thought you could get away from me? You thought, oh, Luke Miani was surely surely Luke Miani's gonna stay on his own channel. No, I'm everywhere. I'm in your walls. Oh, See, this is why I have YouTube Premium. So I, it's like protection from you. Keeps you out of other people's videos, you know. Absolutely, it keeps me in my box. I mean, that YouTube Premium is is a Luke Miani exorcist. Yeah, there you go. That's. If you ever needed a reason to get YouTube Premium, there, there it is, right there. Absolutely. In, in fact, I wonder if I can go and generate a Luke Miani ad on a Luke Miani video by clicking on it. Oh, all right. I, I'm, I'm on my logged out account here, so I'm getting skippable ads. My first one was Streamyard, which we're currently nice. using. Relevant. Oh, and the second one just didn't load, so I don't know what that would have been. That's kind of, I mean, gosh, they really do learn you pretty quick, don't they? I, I, I'm not even signed in, and they already know this guy wants StreamYard. Yep, yep. All right, let's get back on track here. I, I apologize for, for deviating here. My mind is awash. It's been a 24-hour day. Who knows what's going it's on? understandable. Thank you for bearing with me. So let's. we should address the title of the video, I think. What the heck? Uh, are we getting a WWDC announcement or not? I sure hope so for multiple reasons. I... Many, many very valid reasons. More even than, than you might think. Exactly. But what I hope more than anything is that WWDC is on June 5th for no particular reason. I also hope so. I feel like that's a good, that's like an all-time like classic dub-dub date. You know, it's like if there's ever yeah, going to be agree. a date to have it, it's got to be that. June 5th is like, you know, someone asks you, what are you doing on June 5th? And in the back of your mind, you're thinking, dub exactly. Dub. They dub. should rename. They should make that like a, like a <sighs> national holiday. Should call it like dub dub day. Ooh, that's good. Triple D. That's got like yeah. a good ring to it. I like that. We should use that. Yeah. They could shorten it to D day. Uh, so. Yeah. Even better. That's an unused acronym slash nickname. They could just call it June 5th is D-Day, everyone. Yeah, exactly. And everyone will know it means dub-dub, as in WWDC, as in the Worldwide Developer Conference from Apple. Everyone will know that. Exactly. And the day that contains it. Exactly. Everyone knows that. It's great. So I want to find here a list of all WWDCs. When... Are they always held? Because unlike some of their other events, which we talked about last week, WWDC has been a very regular thing for a, 
a pretty long time, I would say. Uh, if you go all the way back to 1989, they actually used to be in May. Did you know that? I did not. Was this actually called like WWDC or was this like Macworld back in the day? No, no. Well, so Macworld was held in January. And that was technically, I I believe, that was not actually an Apple thing. Macworld was technically like a third-party thing that was for like lots of developers and like third-party OEMs and and like a bunch of stuff. But then Apple would always have a keynote at Macworld. I see. It was like officially endorsed, but I don't think technically first party, essentially. But WWDC has been around since what year? Guess. Didn't you... Did you just say it? I said a year, but not the what first What year did year. you say? 1989? Well, I'm not going to tell See, you. See, I have zero memory. It's all in one year, out the other. There you go. I don't know. Didn't you, didn't you say, like, I think you said, like, 80, 89, right? And you're saying that that may or may not be know. the first year. So so was it in the 80s? Mid-80s? I, I don't know. When do you think it was? Ethan here in the chat says 84. I feel like that's not mm-hmm. a bad guess. I'll, I'll go with that. All right. Well, you guys are close. You and Ethan were, were one year off. 1983 was the first WWDC, which actually means... This year will be the 40th anniversary of Dub Dub. That is much older than I thought. Same. I didn't know this until just now when I pulled up the Wikipedia article. But if we go all the way back through the... For whatever reason, they don't have dates uh, for 1983 through 1988. But 1989, they do. And that's May 8th. And in fact, it was held in May all the way until 2003. And that's when they switched to June. Interesting. Exactly. So so now we're in... We actually have one outlier. Since 2003, 20 years, there has only been one dub-dub that was not held in June. And that was in 2006, where it was inexplicably in August. Huh. Yeah, don't know why. That was also the year of the Intel transition, though. So maybe there was like a little, a little bit of a, a delay or something, and they had to bump it a month. That makes sense. That could be it. So, if we now, now we have this subset, right? We've got twenty years of June dub dubs. When in June are they? Well, let's go through it. June twenty, uh, back to two thousand three. It was June twenty third. 2004 it was june 28th but then we get into a pattern 2005 june 6 2007 june 11 2008 june 9 2009 june 8 2010 june 7 2011 june 6 2012 june 11 2013 june 10 2014 june 2 2015 june 8 and then june 13 june 5 june 4 june 3 2020 it was also late june 2020 uh it was june 22nd and then 7th and 6th so since i I think we've got a pretty clear pattern which is 
the first full week of June. I believe all of those are Mondays as well. That would that would make sense. Yeah. Let's pick a random date. Uh, June 9th, 2008. What day of the week was June 9th, 2008? Uh, day of week. Monday. Whoa. Shocker. So if we use this logic... June fifth, sounds like a it sounds like D Day. That's right. I'm excited. It's a lot of it's a lot of history. That that is interesting because I didn't realize how old it was, and I didn't realize that there were I guess what a couple of outliers. There was the 2006, which was a big outlier. 2020, minor outlier. Obviously, you know, COVID plus right. Apple Silicon, whatever, you could probably explain that away. But all these other years, they've been early June, very, very, uh, you know, very close together. It's maybe that like second, that first or second Monday of June. So I'm really hoping, I'm hoping that it happens again because, uh, you know, why, why wouldn't it? Why wouldn't it, right? If someone were to plan something around it, one would have a pretty concrete idea of when it's going to happen. Right, and if Apple were to, like, switch it up for some reason, that would severely mess up those plans. I agree. And unfairly, it would do that. Right, that would be very unfair, Apple. I hope you're listening. I really hope they are, and I hope they announce... I mean, theoretically, they could announce tomorrow. Any day is fair game right now. And hopefully sooner rather than later, because you know they got to give people time to to make their arrangements. Mm. They got to get out there, right? Early June. Absolutely. You think about it, you're like, oh, it's Dub Dubs in June. That's like it's only March now, and Dub Dubs in June. That's so long away. But you know what? It's the end of March, and Dub Dub had better be at the very beginning of June. So it's not that long. It really isn't. It's it's only. I mean. Two, two months and some change, some pocket change. You couldn't even buy a Tic Tac with the amount of pocket That's change. Right. That's right. In fact, you could you could count the weeks from tomorrow. It's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten weeks. It's only ten weeks, Noah. You got to give people enough time for other announcements to accompany it is in and being you gotta, they got to get there yeah exactly like 10 weeks you only have t you have 10 weeks to book a flight and get a hotel that's like yeah. that's crazy i could never do that i need at least 52 weeks to to plan any kind of trip oh absolutely i mean look what if i'm planning on getting a cat on june 4th and this completely ruins the whole thing. Like, how am I going to be giving my care and time to Whiskers if if now all of a sudden it's like, oh, my God, now I got to I gotta go do WWDC stuff. That's right. You know, people are going to be making their plans. And uh, and if Dub Dub wants to be in there, they got to they gotta let people know. Absolutely. Because if I'm picking between Whiskers and Dub Dub, that's a hard choice. Yeah, it is. Oh, gosh. You know what's another fun fact about WWDC? What's that? They've only... The, 2022 was the first WWDC held at Apple Park. 
really? Yeah. According to this, uh, even though the Steve Jobs Theater was open and hosted some events before COVID, the WWDC wasn't there. Hmm. It was... Where Which was it? It was in San Jose, weird. right? Convention Center? Uh, yeah, the San Jose Convention Center. Uh, well, before 2017, it was at Moscone Center. Okay. For like 15 years. But they did the San Jose Convention Center from 2017 to 2019, and then it went digital. Right. That is... That's weird. Huh. It seems... It seems like Apple would want to use, like, if they're spending all this money and, and effort to, like, build these nice facilities on Apple Park, and then they can use them for free, right, because they own them. It's like, you, you'd think and you'd hope that they're going to do yeah. it at, uh, at DubDub. Do DubDub at Apple. Not to mention, exactly, and not to mention that, like, if you're, let's say, announcing a super top secret VR mixed reality headset just as a random off the top of my head example, if you did want to host an event revealing that and you had to do all of your rehearsals and setup and all this stuff at a third party location, one would imagine that that would make it harder to do that versus just putting it in your own campus, in your own theater that no one can get to until you send them in there. That's very true. I definitely think... I definitely think that we could see an and interesting discussion going on in the chat a little bit. So I definitely think that and, and hope that we'll see it at Apple Park. I think that would be very cool. But then there's also the discussion yeah. uh, about like live event versus pre-recorded events. Right. What do you think about that? So eUploads here said, I think it'll be like last year, to be honest, pre-recorded with developers watching at Apple Park. I think that's probably the safe bet and it kind of brings up the question you know when if ever does apple return to nor normal live in-person events is, is that ever going to come back or are they just like eh, we can just pre-record them they're they're better quality more engaging we can change stuff last minute like do they just keep doing this ad infinitum or do they go back? Yeah, I. it's an interesting question. I think, personally, so we had this discussion at one of the previous Apple events about the theory. First of all, I don't know if they're ever going to go back to the fully live events like they did before. And we had this discussion before. Those events were a lot slower paced. There was a lot of like... You know, they would always, like, bring the other other developers up to, like, present their stuff and talk. And there was, like, lots of Ugh. dead airtime and, like, parts that people didn't care about. You know, whatever, whatever. I don't know if that's ever going to come back. But there's the possibility of, like, a hybrid sort of approach where part of it is, you know, if they're bringing all these people in person together, maybe part of the show can be presented live. Maybe even it's just the beginning and the, and the mm. end could be live in front of those people so you can see the crowds and you get some amount of you know live activity and then the rest of it's pre-recorded because i think that for the actual products and like the demos the pre-recorded stuff is just easier for them 
for Apple. And for us, it's, you know, more fast paced, more engaging, you know, more straightforward. Yeah, it's tough. I mean, I guess uh, another thing we have to consider is that the audience for Dub Dub is typically there for several days. Uh, and, and the actual announcement is like the kickoff of the event. And the actual developers that go there for the conference, hence the name, are are there in person for workshops, hands-on. And like if they do announce the M3 chip or the VR headset, they'd be able to get first first party tutorials and training and knowledge and seminars from Apple on how to make apps and make stuff work for it. So all of that could still be done as they did last year with a pre-recorded event. So personally, I, I'm leaning towards, I, I think I agree. I think I agree with e-uploads. I think it's going to be the same as last year, which I honestly prefer because to your point, Noah, those in-person events could get pretty dry. They, you know, I, I don't really need Tim Cook to come out and tell me about the latest retail store in the city I don't live in. All right. I don't care that much. Yeah, and I definitely think, like, it's just easier for Apple. They can do, you know, they they never have to worry about a demo going wrong. We were, we've remembered some demos have gone wrong in the past. I'm remembering, like, the Face ID demo, right, where Craig, wasn't it, like, Craig went to pick up the phone and, and it, like, made him type in his password or whatever. whatever. There's, like, you know, all those, uh, those little, oh, you I don't remember, remember that. that. It was like the iPhone 10. No, wait, when was Wasn't that? Wasn't it the iPhone 10? They were showing off Face ID, and I think it was Craig or it was someone who like went to pick up the iPhone and uh, and the Face ID. You know, you know when you try Face ID for a few times and it fails and it makes you type in the password. It like did that, and then he like made a little joke about it, and people were theorizing like why that happened. Like someone, whoever set it up, accidentally triggered wow. it. You don't remember this? Oh my god, you're right. Hang on. So, I don't remember this at all, really? but apparent yeah, September 13th, 2017, uh Mac Rumors wrote an article on this during an iPhone 10 demo conducted by Craig Federighi, you're right. Face ID appeared to fail to recognize his face, leading to doubts about the feature's reliability and accuracy. Um so, some people, uh, I guess, I guess their official answer was that other people on stage had been handling the phone. So it's like, you know, when, when you like mess up face ID a couple of times, it makes you put in the password. People, I guess people think it was that, but yeah, I mean, your point more so being that you don't have blunders like that, that make people then think the feature doesn't work. And then you have to go and do PR to say like, oh, it's not the feature doesn't work. It's that someone else touched the demo phone. You, you have control over that with the events. Exactly. So you have full control over all the demos. You know they're always going to work, obviously, because they're pre-recorded. And then they can do little things like um, whatever, those Macs that launched back in January. They pulled that little piece of the event right out of the event and just just aired that part later. So they can do things like that. They can... You know, pull things out, reorder things, move things around because it's just right. a video. They don't have to worry about like the order of the speakers and like 
you know, where the, you know, different things are going to happen, like whatever. It's just, it, it's just, you know, very easy for them. It's locked in even before the event happens. Hmm. I also suspect that it's a lot faster to film because they don't have to do rehearsals. I know that with with the traditional events, they they have to do days and days of rehearsals. You know, the timing and getting everyone on stage and like they got to get the the third-party developers that are going to do their like little boring plug. They have to come in like it. It's a big operation. It's like putting on a play. You don't really have to do that because with the not in-person events, people can they can record on different days and times. You can take as many tries as you want. They probably have a teleprompter, so it it, it probably doesn't take all that many takes uh, to do what they're doing. Uh, granted, it it is almost certainly a lot more work for their like. CGI team because there's a lot more graphics in these events but again you also have a lot of time to work on that because you're not doing it live exactly it just it just you know it goes down to you know e-uploads is saying in the chat Apple likes control and they get the most control with pre-recorded events it's absolutely true they get full control over exactly what's going to happen because at the end of the day they're just hitting play on a video that they already set up it just makes a lot of sense and it's better it's better for all like we've already discussed this but i think that they're that those events are better yeah. they're, they're it's fast so paced they're more engaging and uh and it's, and i don't think apple will ever i would like to see i think it'd be really cool if at the very beginning and the very end it was tim cook on stage in front of all the people and he did the live like good morning and then everyone's clapping they get the drone yeah. shot they show all the developers and then they're like you know here's what we're going to show you today and then it plays through the entire video i feel like that would be a cool way right. to get a little bit of the live flair in there i don't think they're actually going to do that but anything beyond that i don't mm. think is really necessary i think the pre-recorded is just just good it's kind of ironic because Steve Jobs Theater is kind of pointless now. I mean, I guess theoretically every year the their like top tier media and developers go into Steve Jobs Theater to like watch. Like that's what they did last year, I think. It, at least some of the developers went in Steve Jobs Theater and watched it in there. Others were watching it outside or like in the cafeteria or like in some weird little corner. Like they had a bunch of different areas, but it's, it, it is kind of funny because they spent ridiculous amounts of money. I mean, the, the whole like top part of the Steve, Steve Jobs Theater is, is glass that is actually structural and it supports the roof. And they had to run all the wires as like fiber optic things through the seams in the glass for the, like the lights in the in the ceiling and like the the theater itself they probably spent well north of 100 million dollars on it and they only used it for like 2 years they never used it for dub dub and then now it's just kind of pointless yeah i mean maybe Rip. they get some other use out of it i don't know if they have like other events that they hold in there or whatever but like you'd think that the biggest event Arguably the biggest event you could argue with the iPhone event or like the Max or whatever, but like Dub Dub is kind of like the event I feel like, 
And I don't know for that to, to not use the Steve Jobs theater or at least not use it like as an actual like presentation theater. It is kind of funny. Right. I mean, I guess they have used the theater in the pre-recorded stuff like the iPad Pro uh, M1 chip, I think. They had like a whole segment that they did on the stage. Right. Uh, I think for the iPhone 12 they did as well. Like they've used it for bits and pieces, but certainly not to the degree that it was built for, which was literally just built for like, this is where we're going to do the keynotes. Media is going to sit here. We're going to announce stuff. And this is built purpose built for that. And now they're just like, oh, well, I guess we just threw that money away. Oops. Yeah, maybe it is kind of funny, but you know, we're getting uh, we're getting better events, so I would say it's a win for us. This this event might might be one of the best, if reports are to be believed. That's true. We're talking about VR headset, we're talking about M three, yeah. we're talking about new updates, software updates. Most exciting part. Yeah, apparently. Yeah, no, I'm most excited for Watch OS. Nine, ten, ten, whatever number think, we're on. I think ten. Ten. Wait, how are we on WatchOS ten? If the Apple Watch came out in twenty, no, I think we're on nine right now. So ten would be the next one. Wait, but that's still. I feel like the math doesn't track. It launched in April twenty fifteen. That would have been WatchOS one. Right. That lasted until twenty sixteen. Then WatchOS 2 until 2017, 3 until 2018, 4 until 2019. Wait, I'm confused. Either way, it hasn't been 10 years. How how would we... Isn't it on... Hang on. Are we dumb? It is 9. I'm almost positive it's WatchOS 9. WatchOS. I'm, cl I'm going on Apple.com. Yeah, we are on 9. You're right. How? How do we do? So uh, people are saying WatchOS two came out in twenty fifteen, so maybe there was like a shorter gap in the updates. They skipped a year. Some some people are like the they called a watch a series zero. If anything, that would go the other way. Yeah, that was about the hardware that the original Apple Watch was called the series zero. Yeah. This is about the software, but maybe maybe there were two updates in the same year or something. I don't know. That's weird. Wait, why did they do that? I don't know. This is some, some Apple Watch history. I'm going on the Wikipedia page. WatchOS. Oh, everyone's wrong. They're wrong. They're all wrong. They're wrong. Yeah, get owned. Look at this. Everyone's like, eh, WatchOS 2 came out in 2015. 2015. Oh, WatchOS 2... WatchOS 2 is 2015. No, it wasn't. According to Wikipedia here, WatchOS 1 came out May 19th, 2015. WatchOS 2, July 18th, 2016. WatchOS 3, July 2017. 4, 2018. 5, 2020? Wait, what are you looking at? Oh, I see. You're looking at... Wait. No, no, that's the most recent version. That's like version 5.3.9, not 5.0.0. Wait, 
Wait, why would they? If you look at, why would they f make a chart? Look at like the this? very top of the of this article. So it says version one was April twenty fourth, and version two was actually September of twenty fifteen. I was wrong. Yeah, I mean, this chart this chart on Wikipedia is confusing, but it seems like there were actually two versions in 2015. That is a really confusing... Oh, gosh. Okay, wait. So, watchOS 1. I still don't get how this happened here. Because watchOS 4 came out in 2017. Right. WatchOS 5 came out in 2018. WatchOS 6 came out in 2019. 7 came out in 2020. I mean, I guess that makes sense. If you do if you double up. Yeah, they had doubles of the of the 2015 release. You're right. Gosh, I sorry, I just had a brain fart there. Anyway, that's what I'm most excited for. Just kidding, psych. It's the headset and for some reason uh, lately we're, we're getting like all of this, like people are, are like dumping water on the fire. Mm. Everyone is trying to like say that, that what was the big one today? The big one today was that, uh, some Apple employees are seriously concerned about mixed reality headset as announcement draws close. I heard about that one. Supposedly, according to the New York times, uh, initial enthusiasm has become skepticism within mm. Apple. Uh, according to eight current and former employees, uh, apparently there's a lot of concern about the new product. Uh, it's... Gosh, I don't know. Apparently it has not been driven by the same clarity as, Apple others, as Apple's other projects. That, to me, does sound like a bad sign. Uh, some Apple employees have defected from the project due to doubts about its potential. Others have been fired over lack of progress with, uh, some of the devices functionality, including Siri. Oh God, is this thing going to be very dependent on Siri? Because if that's the case, then prepare to bury it alive because Siri is dumb. I didn't even think about that. Ugh. I Because we had that discussion about like, how are you even going to input into this thing? But what if it's like Siri? That's not good. I'm having a panic panic attack. No, what if this thing is reliant on Siri to do a lot of things? Siri's so dumb. It really see. I feel like this could be a whole discussion right here with all of the crazy stuff going on with with AI these days, like. Siri's just been asleep at the wheel. Siri's been sleeping on the on the red eye flight for these past uh, couple years, at least. Absolutely, somebody needs to wake Siri up and be like, "Hey, what are you doing? What? What in? Dude, I, I can't even get Siri to like figure out a simple, very simple command." All right, are you ready? I'm going to demonstrate this right now. Remember we talked about how I have these uh, Philips Hue bulbs, mm -hmm. which I regret because they were too expensive. But one of the reasons I got them was so that it would be tied into HomeKit. But it, it's, it's so hit or miss. 
It just doesn't work. Like if I were to, if I were to tell you, Noah, if, let's imagine that you're a virtual assistant. Okay. Put yourself in the shoes of Siri, Bixby, uh, Google, Bing, whatever you okay, want to be. How you're can all I help you today? Okay. Boop, boop. Hey, Noah, turn the lights off. Turning the lights off. And then I would just turn all the lights off. All the lights, right? Yeah. Shall we Shall we see what Siri does if I try sure. to do this? Let's see it. Hopefully you guys will be able to hear this. But hey, Siri, turn the lights off. Okay. Which room? Living room or bedroom? Both. All right, so two things. Thing one, why if I say turn the lights off, that shouldn't be a two-step thing. Like, I I don't know personally. I think if if you're saying turn the lights off, the implication is all of them. Yeah. Or it could be smart enough to be like whatever room you're currently in. Like zero intelligence is is happening there. Yeah, absolutely. The other thing is, it didn't turn all the lights off. There's still lights on behind me. Are those also, like, controlled by Siri? Yes. And it didn't turn them off? So, it turns off the bulb lights, but any lights that are on a switch, Siri doesn't think that they're lights. Oh, I see. Which is really frustrating because like so if i go back and say hey siri turn the lights on both what do you mean go ahead you heard that right yeah Is there else I can <laughs> yes turn the lights on please Both. Okay. For what? What just happened? Why did it say go ahead? Like, sorry, are you still talking? <laughs> Jesus Christ! Why did it? Why did it say go ahead? Is that like a sassy thing? It's like you turn the lights on. Lazy That's what bitch. it sounds like. I'm like yeah. I'm like, geez, okay, I don't need backtalk, Siri. Like, gosh, it, it's bad enough that you don't know what turn the lights on or turn the lights off means. Like, it's bad. But now that we've got the lights back on, the way that you have to the, – the only way that Siri, a, as far as I can tell, will actually go from this state to turning the lights off is a two-stage process whereby I say, hey, Siri, dark mode. So now, because I have it preset and it doesn't use any of those outlets, those are now off. And then if I say, hey, Siri, turn living room lights off, now it turns them off. Huh. It's annoying. Terrible. Terrible. I saw some, I think it was a tweet or something that was like, I believe that Siri is just one file with 15,000 if statements in it. And honestly, I could believe that. 
I, I believe it too. I mean, for the love of Christ, Steve Mac 84 here with the very helpful and true thing of setting up a shortcut. And that's absolutely how you can do it. You can get around all of these things if you set up shortcuts, but holy crap, is that bad of like a digital assistant to be so dumb that you have to literally program what you want it to do in order for it to do anything useful. Yeah, especially when you compare that, like these days, you compare that to like Chat GPT, even like Bing and Bard, like any of these uh, these AI chatbots or whatever that are so smart, and even that they can like they can understand things that understand things that are, um, uh, what's the word that I'm trying to say? Things that are ambiguous that's the word or they can they can have context and memory so like when uh when you told siri to turn the lights off and she said you know go on or whatever like she was confused and then you asked again and you had to specify both rooms a second time that's like a very basic thing that like the that like you know one of these chatbots or whatever would remember Mm. that you asked for it the first time Maybe they get confused, but they would remember what you were asking for. And then you could say, you know, try again, for example. And it would remember, oh, I should try that thing that I just did. And it would it would understand that in a way that Siri never, never would. That's a really good point. Siri is static, right? Apart from shortcuts, there's no way to interact and to teach it to do anything. And, and I'm pretty sure most things it's still like it, it still can't actually just like pull from the internet like if I say like how many years do cats typically live for here's what I found from Wikipedia cats usually live for 13 to 20 years like it still is just taking the first Google results and I mean, at the very least, for for some things, it does read like the Google knowledge graph, which is the absolute bare minimum of what a, a virtual assistant should be able to do. Um, it, it It's not really putting it in natural language. It literally, no matter what you ask it, it's either going to say, here's what I found from Wikipedia, and then just read that excerpt. Or it's going to say, Here's what I found on the web and and just literally take your voice and paste it into a Google search. In 2023, that's that's where that's where Siri is still. Like that's literally 2011 stuff. It, yeah, I mean it's literally what it was doing when when Siri was first announced on the on the iPhone 4S. And there was something else I was going to say about that that Siri I think the way that you phrased it, you know, Siri being static and the idea that you can't teach it things. The thing I was going to say is Mm -hmm. Siri very much reminds me of like a command line interface for any of the programmers out there or maybe like those old games. You know, those old games that were all text based and they were like, you are in a forest and you say go north and it's like you see a tree and then you say climb tree. Like that's basically what Siri is. Like you give these very simple almost context-free commands like you were saying you know it's it's very much like a like a process like siri doesn't remember things it doesn't really know you any more than it knows like the structured data that you have like the information in your contact if you say you know yeah. call my mother it you know it looks up in the contacts you know what context is it has an association of your contact 
of mother because that's something you can do and then it would know how to do that it doesn't like know things or understand or learn or remember or anything like that and that's really the limitation when you compare it to things that we have now yeah no that's i think that's a really really good analogy it's exactly like one of those those text adventure games like there are very specific things that you have to say for it to actually understand you and all of the replies are canned basically like the only thing that it's even the most intelligent that it's doing is text to speech off of google yeah it's it's very basic and we'll we'll go back to to dub dub because maybe we could see you know, a new Siri, some Siri improvements at DubDub. But the last thing, every time a Siri comes up, I have to say it, is Siri does not work for, like, bilingual people. And that's a problem. I literally never use Siri mm. because, you know, my phone's in Spanish. And I'm happy to talk to Siri in Spanish. But anytime I need to cross over to English to say the name of a place or the name of a person or anything else. Like, if I if I ever wanted to tell Siri to call you... I would have to pronounce the name as like Luke Miani because that's like how you would pronounce it in in Spanish. Oh I can't God. say like Yamara Luke Miani because it's not going to understand that. I got to say Luke Miani like I'm pronouncing your whatever. It doesn't it doesn't work for bilingual people. Wait, wait, can we get a demo of this? You know, maybe if I maybe if I were to uh we we, we can try it. Let's see if it, if it works. It might work for your name. There might be other names where it's less uh uh, less works with, but I guess we can try it. Let me see. I'm curious. Yama a Luke Miani. Okay, you know what? That time, to be fair, it did actually get your name. I think it. I think it does all right. Maybe with Wait, names sometimes. It, I think it's the names of like you places. Kind of like if like I wanted to navigate to some store, or uh, like like mm-hmm. like a place in in Apple Maps or whatever. It's not going to understand right how to how to cross between those two, or if I or if I want to send a message to you, like if I wanted to ask Siri to text you, I would have to text you in Spanish. I can't like mid like mid sentence switch to English or even tell Siri like text Luke in English, whatever, Wait. whatever. So you you cannot use Siri. Oh, hang on, to to send a message. Sorry, I missed that. Wait, so you can't you can't oh, no. use Siri to Hang send on. text messages at all? Uh-oh, I think no. Okay, it I'm hear. back. My <laughs> these headphones uh got confused <laughs> when I tried to use my phone to talk to Siri. Uh, oh no. So wait, here's my question. Can you not use Siri at all to send text messages? I could use it to send you know, okay, let's be fair. I haven't actually tried uh doing it. So should I try to I'll I'll try to send a message to you in English yeah. and let's see let's see what happens. Uh hopefully my Yeah. And gi- give it a, a decently complex like you know, gi- give it something to to really test okay. it. Envio un mensaje a Luke Miani diciendo hello, how are you doing today? Well, that's not very complex. Well, it said, "How are you?" That's that's what it got out of that. I s- 
so it just missed half of the sentence. Yeah, it got a general. I oh, guess it got God. the general idea, but like it clearly didn't dictate what I was saying. Well, try try something with a little bit more like complex words and like uh, a longer sentence. Um. Okay. Like, like, like. Uh, what time are we going to? plan for the next episode of the podcast something like that that's got a little bit more okay. to it envío un mensaje de texto a Luke Miani diciendo what time are we going to plan to do the next episode of the dark mode podcast okay that says good. I don't see an app for that you'll have to download one oh my god that's terrible I don't know. I don't know why I didn't recognize that at all, but it just it just it just doesn't work. And for someone someone asked like why would you tell Siri to send a text in Spanish and then send the text in English? The reason is because my phone is set in Spanish. I said it in Spanish. I said all my stuff in Spanish to 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 practice, but all of my friends speak English, so it's like I have to manually sw- I guess I could like I could set Siri to English if I wanted to use it to text other people or whatever. I could do that. But like there are plenty of people who are actually bilingual, like people who speak both languages regularly in their day-to-day life. Yeah. And I don't mean to derail the podcast cuz I know this is kind of getting derailed, you know, pretty far. But like no, I mean, I think it's valid. Like, there are people who like who speak bilingually like every day they speak to some people in Spanish or and some people in English or other languages whatever and like Siri cannot handle that meanwhile I think the chatbots like I've tried a little bit with ChatGPT or or Bard or Bing or whatever like you can talk to them in you know if if you talk to it in Spanish it'll respond to you in Spanish if you talk to it in English it'll respond in English like they seem to have a, a a much better job of you know handling these things. They do a much better job of of uh, of doing these things. And you don't have to you don't have to set it because like theoretically, I mean to your point, in a lot of situations, bilingual people like are gonna just naturally switch back and forth plenty of times. Like I, I there are plenty of people uh, that I went to school with were like Chinese or Japanese transfer students or, or uh, abroad, what's the term? The study abroad people, students? Study, yeah, st- sure. something like that. Like there, there'd be plenty of people that spoke perfectly good fluent English, but their phone is in their native language, whether it be, uh, you know, Chinese or Spanish or Italian or whatnot. And <laughs> like, that's pretty bad if you would have to, you know, change the language of Siri just so that you can use it to text your friends or at least your English friends. Like there's probably if you're, if you're a bilingual person or you're studying abroad, chances are, you know, you're going to have your native language and friends that speak that language. And you're also going to have friends speaking that other language. And Siri is just like, well, too bad. Can it even wait a minute? Here's a question. Mm -hmm. I'm going to send you a text. Can it even, can it read the text? Oh yeah, you should, you should uh, do that because it's kind of funny. And we'll see, we'll see if it does. Okay, I'm going to send, this is an example message. 
let's see if Siri is smart enough to figure it out. Okay. So I'm going to send you that message and then we'll have Siri, we'll have Spanish Siri read okay, it. Okay, let me see. This let is see. interesting. Lee el mensaje de Luke Miani. You know, it's it's understandable. I mean, so I, that's actually very interesting. So why did it why did it use like a very very heavy accent? Well, ba- I think Siri Siri doesn't look at that and like. Siri doesn't understand what language the thing is in. Siri is in, like, it's just pronouncing, it's pronouncing it, it as if it were in Spanish. A Spanish. It's pronouncing way. it as if it were written right. in Spanish. Exactly. That, golly, this is. I mean, I know you said that we're derailing the 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 podcast, and that's probably partially true, but. This is actually quite relevant. I mean, this is the space that we're competing in now where you can go to your your you can go on on Bard, well maybe not Bard. Bard's a little bit no offense Google employee. Uh but you can go on Bing, which is fully ChatGPT integrated and you can say like, "Hey, tell me about something." Or you can say, "Hey, generate an image of something." Or like it just it's much more versatile. Now, I don't necessarily think that Apple should just, you know, plug chat gpt into siri because as we all know there are plenty of issues with accuracy and fact checking making up sources like large language models definitely have their their issues but if you were to i guess rephrase it like right siri isn't a search engine so you could almost completely ignore all of those problems because none of that is relevant to what siri's job is and in fact siri could still if there was like a chat GPT Siri that's underpinning this whole headset and the way that you interact with it because there's no physical touch apart from gestures, which are probably also AI machine learning based, this this AI Siri could still just use Google searches and then just put it into natural language without like making up facts and still be perfectly good as Siri and not be listening to everything that I'm saying just because I said its name. <laughs> Go away. Yeah. I'm going to lose I, my mind. I definitely think... Here's the thing. In a, 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 uh, a, a mixed reality or virtual reality headset that is powered by AI, like natural language interaction, sounds like such a cool idea. Right, because we were talking about like how do you control it? Do you use your phone as a remote? Are there like buttons or gestures on the 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 watches or, or, or the watches on the glasses or whatever? Like how do you control it? Those things could exist, but like if there's a way to control it naturally and to be able to say like you know open this app, move it over there, make it bigger, like whatever, like describing these things in natural language and having them happen, that would be so powerful. But if it's going to be Apple and Siri that's providing that feature, then I'm definitely concerned. Unless Apple has been secretly working on like an LLM-based Siri, like a like a true AI, uh, mm-hmm. better version of Siri. But 
you know, I guess we, I guess we can't know. Gosh, I, I really don't know. I really don't know. And I think it's a, I think this is very relevant to this WWDC discussion because Apple needs to have a response to this. Siri is simply like, I mean, it's been, it's been a joke that Siri's bad for a long time. I don't think that's really new, but it's just like Siri just hasn't advanced at all in gosh it's got years like i i personally don't know like okay they they made series sound more natural i want to say that was like an ios 10 or 11 mm-hmm. thing something like that the new siri voice i don't remember when that came out but it didn't really change like how dumb siri was yeah i it oh, was cool God. like it was kind of cool when it first came out i remember even because like Siri was originally an app that Apple bought, and I remember that I used the original Siri app from whatever company made it before Apple bought it because I thought I was so cool because I had, like, an iPhone 4, and, like, the Siri, uh, uh, like, built into iOS was only available on the 4S, but, like, I had the Siri app on my iPhone 4, so I was like, ooh, I have Siri on my iPhone 4, and obviously Apple shut it down after they acquired it, but, like... Since then, yeah, the voice has gotten better. They've added some, like, more commands, maybe, more integrations, maybe. But, like, it, see, I, think, I think to your point, you know, you said people have always joked about Siri being bad. Siri has always been bad. But recently, this explosion of, like, AI and, and you know, large language models, chat, GPT, whatever, whatever. Like, this explosion has has made it clear just how bad Siri is or more, you know, accurately, just how good it could be but isn't. Mm. Absolutely. I think that's exactly right. It's It's just kind of showing us how inadequate Siri is right now to an even greater degree. And that becomes all the more alarming in the context of a new product category coming out. Uh, now, personally, I I do have hopes that the headset will... I mean, obviously, it's going to be a first-gen product, and it's not going to be perfect and polished and ready for the mainstream. But I hope that it's good enough that we can really see a vision and a potential. Because it seems like the reporting here is effectively saying... You know, it, it it might just straight up not be super compelling yet. Right. Yeah, there's there's so many mysteries surrounding this headset. See, it's interesting because, like, we've had discussions about this headset before on the podcast. But, like, there are so many mysteries that, like, today we were talking about, like, what if it's powered by Siri? And that's a whole discussion of, like just like how do you interact with it and we've discussed that before but even just within that subtopic the sub subtopic of like how is siri because you know there's going to be siri on this thing even if it's not the primary means of interaction like apple has siri on all of yeah. all of their products so you know siri is going to be here somehow and then exactly. the question is how is siri going to work and that's a whole discussion there's like so many interesting you could have like the apple vr headset podcast and you could talk about a different question every week and you could fill an hour doing that and it's, it's kind of interesting. Just so much unknown, so much potential. Absolutely. 
gosh, I mean, everything gets more and more complicated. You know, it, it used to be like, hey, we like music. What if music was lots of songs instead of just five? And then they were like, hey, what if phone plus music plus web? And I was like, hey, what if bigger phone slash hybrid computer? Or, oh, what if computer thinner or faster? Like, this isn't, this is so much more abstract. It's not a, a, a clear answer to an unclear question. I think it is a very arbitrary answer to a question that is, maybe being asked by some people but other people don't even know if they want this at all oh gosh i don't know i think apple's treading into some uncharted waters here which i guess is the point you know innovation they're gonna have to take a stab in the dark but i'm i'm nervously excited to see what they have come up with me too and i'm hoping that we see it at dub dub and I'm hoping to tie it all back together that Dub Dub is announced very soon, maybe even this week. Hopefully, hopefully this week. And uh, in fact, I think we have now filled an hour to your previous point. That's right. A very full one. In fact, we've gone slightly over. And uh, I mean, realistically. There's only one. There's only one thing to do, which is announce uh, the end of this episode of Dark Mode. Very good. Right. So I think we should just do that now. We, we're not gonna make you guys. You know, we're we're not gonna force you guys to CCRP this. All right. We're just gonna come right out and say it. This episode of Dark Mode is over. Are true. That's not a leak. It's just the it's truth. True. The rumors are true. Absolutely. Uh, I I need to go into sleep mode, or else I'm gonna die. Yes, we're gonna get you. We're gonna get you uh, nice and nice and tucked in now. So I'll tuck right into this outro. I have been your host, Luke I've Miani. I've been your host, Noah Rubin. We'll see you next week, and have a great night. Take care. <laughs>